things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breath taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of No Mercy coming at you, as I love to do several times a week over to any place you can find your podcast. Obviously, a free podcast, by the way. Anywhere you can find it, you'll find No Mercy with yours truly, Stephen A. Smith. We're here in our studio thanks to our official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the No Mercy podcast. You know, I could get into the NBA playoffs. I got something to say about Donald Trump. I got something to say about... A 79-year-old man that decided he wanted to be a father. I got something to say about a dog making better picks than me. I got something to say about a lot of stuff that's going on. But before I get into any of that, I got something on my mind. I just want to say that I don't go to sleep with these things on my mind, heavy on my heart, getting distracted. I don't let people affect me like that. But that does not mean that people don't get on my damn nerves. Just because you get on my nerves don't mean you're soaking energy from me, that you're preoccupying my mind and thoughts in such a way that's detrimental to my well-being. That's not what's going on. But some of y'all get on my damn nerves because some of y'all walk around like you don't know or you've forgotten what it's like to be a sports fan. Now, what is it? What is it exactly? We got to be sensitive to every damn thing that we can't be true sports fans. I made news the other day because after Charles Barkley and Shaq are on TNT laughing their asses off over Anthony Davis, supposedly being concussed, which ended up not being true, supposedly being wheelchaired to the locker room, which we still don't know if that's true or not. With Kenny Smith sitting up there and feigning as if he was pushing a wheelchair and stuff like that. I go on television and I'm talking about, you You got to be kidding me. Anthony Davis, I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know what the hell they were talking about. I don't understand for the life of me how Anthony Davis got a concussion off of a hit that seemed relatively light by Kevon Looney. And you got people in an uproar basically accusing folks of being insensitive to the issues of concussion. I had to sit up there because I have a responsibility to myself. I have a responsibility to the people who work for me. I have a responsibility to the people that work with me, whether it's on my podcast, No Mercy, ESPN, or anywhere else. And certainly I have a responsibility to my daytime employer to be responsible enough where if I wasn't clear to at least provide clarity. So what I had to do was apologize for my message being construed. Instead of folks remembering what it's like to be a sports fan and remembering how sports fans react, particularly when they see a superstar talent player with a history of durability issues, yet again finding themselves where they got to be 
pulled from a game, leaving a 38-year-old in his 20th year in the league in LeBron James hanging all by his damn self. I had to actually take time out of my busy schedule to highlight concussions are a very serious issue. We don't take those things lightly. We want to make sure that everybody understands we're not making light of a person having a concussion because that is absolutely true. What I was saying to the public was I wasn't making light of concussions. I was questioning whether or not Anthony, Anthony Davis really, really had one. And after I did all of that by going on Twitter and making that clarification, and don't look at me funny. I'm looking at my team. Don't look at me funny. When after I sit up there and make that clarification, lo and behold, what the hell happened? Anthony Davis don't have a concussion. He never had a concussion. You know what? But, but, but he got pulled from the game. He looked bug-eyed. His faculties weren't in order. And they were talking about concussion. And I said, no way. No way. You got a championship on the line. You got the Golden State Warriors. They're in the defending champions on their heels. You can take them. You win game five and Golden State ain't no way in hell LeBron James losing game six in L.A. You got them. Take them. This is your opportunity. Don't give these brothers life. They're sharks in blood-infested waters. They're snipers of the highest degree from a basketball standpoint, of course. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are that lethal. I don't give a damn how awful Klay Thompson has looked in games four and five. The brother is one of the top five shooters in the history of basketball. Steph, Clay, Steph Curry is clearly the greatest shooter that God ever created. You don't want to give them life. And you're Anthony Davis. You are their kryptonite because they have no answer for you at all. Period. They didn't have an answer for you in game one. They didn't have an answer for you in game three. They didn't have an answer for you in game four. You're given what you got in game five. You can take them. You can take them. But our woke culture, all right, everybody living on the fringes. It's MAGA on one side. It's the woke culture on the left side. And all of us are victimized, stuck in between, trying to inch ever so closely to common damn sense every day. What happened to being a sports fan? I can't sit up there and say, yo, you better get your ass out there. Figure it out. You're a little dizzy? Get some smelling salt or something. Get, to, get, get back out there. We, ain't, we, ain't, we haven't seen people do that before? We saw Kobe tear an Achilles and drag his foot out there to go through the free throw line and finish shooting free throws. We called him a hero. But when you question the durability of Anthony Davis, you're insensitive. And you got to get the medical professionals involved. And we got people over Twitter acting like they graduated from Columbia or some medical school, maybe UCLA. And they're, 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 they're interns or working at, 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 you know, Mount Sinai Hospital or something like that. Kind of sit up there and lecture me over social media. Boy, you lucky I pay attention to FCC Airways, even though this ain't necessarily that. I'm trying to be decent. I'm trying to be decent because y'all get on my damn nerves. I'm a sports fan. I don't give a damn about the sports commentary. I don't give a damn that I get paid to cover sports. I love sports. And I love critiquing what should happen, what a player should do, what a coach should do, what an executive should do, what an owner should do. Aren't you that way? So none of y'all watched Anthony Davis in game five of Golden State and said, you got to be shitting me. 
I know this brother can't have a concussion. I know this brother off of that hit. When we saw him take countless hits over the years, suddenly he can't get taken up. He can't take getting knocked upside his head a little bit and, and, and go back into the game. I will remind you against Memphis. This is the same Anthony Davis that got hit in the shoulders and said, I can't feel my arm. I can't lift my arm and was back on the court after the timeout. Remember that? I do. Y'all are going to ruin this country. That's right. I said it. It's not a hyperbolic statement. You're going to ruin this damn country. When we sit up here and we can't even say that and we got to dot our I's and cross our T's and be ultra careful about critiquing a dude that's hurt all the damn time. That's the only knock against Anthony Davis. Everything else is there. Lakers getting ready to play Golden State tonight. Lakers are perceived by many to be able to close out the deal tonight in game six against the reigning defending NBA champions. The number one reason people feel that way is because of Anthony Davis, because he said he's fine and he's going to play. He said he's feeling great and he's going to play. Yes, listed questionable for the game. That's, that's smoke and mirrors. He's playing. There is no concussion. There was no concussion protocol. He's playing. And he says he's ready. Kevon Looney can't stop him. Draymond Green can't stop him as a leader of a defensive player as Draymond Green is. Anthony Davis is that X factor. He is the person expected to deliver the goods to propel the Los Angeles Lakers to a Game 6 victory over Golden State Friday night that will propel them to the Western Conference Finals against the Denver Nuggets who slaughtered the Phoenix Suns last night. And y'all tripping. Y'all gonna ruin this country. It's bad enough that you got people out here creating all kinds of havoc. We got all kinds of problems. All kinds of problems. We got set up there. Title 42 is an issue now. You got folks preparing to, to patrol the borders because they're expecting riots and folks to try to bum rush the borders to come into the country and all this. This is what they're talking about. This is what they're talking about. We got crimes in the streets. We got homophobia one minute, transphobia another. We got all of this stuff going on. We got an ex-president showing up on CNN earlier this week. People are critiquing him, talking about with Caitlin Collins, who did a great job. He was trying to run over her. He was talking to her like that. He's never talked to a man like that or whatever. Blah, 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 blah. Did you notice most of the people in the audience didn't, didn't care? Did you notice that most of the people in the audience is a pro-Trump crowd? Did you notice? That while some of us might be appalled by his lack of decorum, some would even argue, why the hell are you bringing up the woman for? He's that way to everybody that doesn't agree with him. He don't give a damn who he's talking about. If you don't agree with him, that's how he acts. He talks ad nauseum and continuously. He interrupts all the time. He doesn't want to answer questions directly. He's evasive. All of these different things have been said about him. It's not going to stop over 70 million people from voting for him. It's just that it probably won't be enough because a whole bunch of people that can't stand the thought of Biden at 82 years of age running for the presidency again will still vote for him before they vote for Trump. The point is, why is that going to happen? Because you got people who are divided. Because a standard that we want set in this country in a variety of ways in sports and beyond has been eviscerated. 
And as a result, we all over the damn place. And we don't know what's safe to say. We don't know what's cool. We don't know what's off limits or what's not. Because every damn thing is up for grabs now. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Anthony Davis had better got had better play tonight. Had better play Friday night. That's right. I'm talking right now before the game is played. He better play. You saw what happened when a big man didn't play last night to the Phoenix Suns. His name is DeAndre Ayton. Now, y'all didn't listen to me about that either. I told y'all before the game, DeAndre Ayton is in the Bahamas. That's where he's from. He's already in the Bahamas. He just didn't tell nobody. I told y'all he was in the Bahamas. He didn't play. They announced before the game that, you know what, he has some type of rib injury, and obviously that affected his breathing, which is a perfect explanation as to why Nikola Jokic, who can't jump onto a curb, who runs slower than a snail with arthritis, and snails can't get arthritis, came into game six last night in Phoenix, Arizona, averaging 35, 13, and 10 on 57% shooting from the field, 47% shooting from three-point range, and was running roughshod over DeAndre Ayton. Absolutely embarrassing him. You from the Bahamas. And you was getting outrun. You from the Bahamas. You're a brother that's about 40 to 50 pounds lighter, it seems, than Nikola Jokic, and you, you were running slower than Nikola Jokic. Y'all ever see Nikola Jokic walk into an arena? He doesn't walk, he waddles. Waddles or wobbles. I don't know what the word is for that. Waddle, wobbles, whatever the case may be. That's what he does. And you can't stop him. My God, he's phenomenal. He's great. Can't stop him. But DeAndre Aiden didn't show up. And see, we get called on the carpet for stuff like this because y'all, Y'all want there to be a perfectly clean, logical explanation. Some people just don't show up. Some people just don't prioritize doing their job. Some people get paid so much, so exorbitantly, so well, that guess what? No matter what the outcome, they going to be cool. And y'all got a problem with that. What do you think Phoenix going to do this season? They going to try to move that brother. Because of the way he played and because of how they lost, CP3 may get traded. He might get traded, and Monty Williams might do his, might lose his job. And if the Lakers hadn't made that midseason before the trade deadline, if they hadn't made that trade that ultimately enabled them to acquire Beasley and D'Angelo Russell and Jared Vanderbilt and a deal before that, Rua Hachimura, Rob Lincoln would have lost his job, but all of those players would have had guaranteed contracts. But when we point this out, everybody want to get ultra sensitive. What's it going to be, y'all? This is what it's all about. This is what evaluating sports is all about. This is what I live for. It ain't just the games. It ain't just the X's and O's. It's the peel elements of what you should expect from professionals because that's applicable to any damn thing in life. That's what it's all about. That's what I wanted to see from Anthony Davis the other night. That's what I wanted to see from DeAndre Ayton. Thursday night. I ain't apologizing for that to anybody. Nobody should have to. No mercy in the house, Stephen A. I just want to get that off my chest.
before I got a little bit more into some of this playoff action. I said I was going to talk about Trump, but I really don't need to say any more about him. He got a chance, though. There's still people who love him. He's got a chance. No mercy in the house with Stephen A. NBA playoff action and a little bit of something else coming up in a minute. Don't touch that dial. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? You know, there's a lot of things to get into. I got, listen, Phoenix got destroyed Thursday night. I'm going to get into that. Philadelphia blew a prime opportunity to, to win the series in advance to the Eastern Conference Finals of the playoffs since 2001. I'm going to get into that. But I got to veer left a little bit here and get away from sports because I got something on my mind near and dear to my heart. It's Mr. Robert De Niro. Now, you may not know this, man. But that only means you were living under a rock that you don't recognize what acting is, what great acting is, because you're one of the greatest ever, ever in American history, in world history. One of the greatest actors of our time. And Robert De Niro is 79 years of age. Robert De Niro has made news. Um, he's got two kids, Drina and Raphael, who are 51 and 46, respectively, with his ex-wife. Diane, he has two more children with a lady named Grace, Elliot at 25 and Helen at 11. He's also a dad to twins, Aaron and Julian, who are both 27 years of age with his former girlfriend, Tukey Smith. By the way, he's a two-time Oscar winner. Since we're throwing out numbers, let's throw out that number, two-time Oscar winner. At the age of 79, he just had his seventh child. There are some people out there that are appalled. And they want to say, hey, what about the kid? Because they want their daddy around. And how could he possibly be around? If he's 79 years of age. You can be around for a few years, but, you know, you're going to live until you're 110. I mean, it's possible, but it's not anticipated. So chances are, by the time or before his child, his seventh child, reaches the age of 20, he will have passed away. And there are some people who have a problem with that. And that's the way they're looking at it. They're thinking about the health of the child, the well-being of the child, emotionally, whatever. And I get that. I'd say being the, one of the greatest actors ever, obviously rich and famous, the child is going to need very little. But that doesn't mean that you don't need your father's attention. You don't need your father's presence. You don't need all of those things. I understand that. Here's how I'm looking at it. He, he, he's 79. And he's still getting his groove on. That's fantastic. You have any idea what kind of hope that gives to men everywhere? That you could be 79 years of age and you still got it going on? 
I mean, you have any idea what that means? That ladies, you see, you talk about the male ego. And you talk about what you know about the male ego. But it's amazing how sporadically, periodically, you either don't feed it or you're oblivious to it. So let Stephen A help you out. When you're 79 and you still want to do that, wanting to do it alone is an accomplishment. Because when you're in this rat race called the real world, you could be in your 50s and lose interest. Your 40s. Your 30s. Damn sure your 60s. You 79. You approaching 80. And you still getting it on. All I have to say to Robert De Niro is what he said in the movie Analyze This with Billy Crystal. You, you, you're very good, you. You are very good, you. You should be very pleased. Stay healthy, stay around as much as you can. Be the wonderful father that I know you are. Of all those people out there hating on you, Robert De Niro, bump them. Live your life, my brother. Live your life. Back with more No Mercy in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Back to the NBA playoffs right here on No Mercy with yours truly, Stephen A. Smith. Let me get to the West for a quick, quick second by really, really pointing out that the Denver Nuggets are worthy number one seed and definitely deserve to be the favorites in the Western Conference. Jokic is just that dude. His footwork is sublime. His passing skills are incredible. Um, his IQ is off the charts, and his skill set overall is just special. He finished the series against Phoenix averaging 34, 13, and 10 on 59.4% shooting, 44.4% from three-point range, 85% from the free throw line, just absolutely positively phenomenal. And he had some help. When we look at Jamal Murray, 24.8 points per game on 45% shooting. Look at Bruce Brown. He put in 12.8 points. So did Aaron Gordon. So did Michael Porter Jr. Contavious Caldwell-Pope averaged 10 a game. That's six different players in double figure. They've got a balanced attack. They've got size. They've got athleticism. they got jump shooting. they got high basketball IQ. They're exceptionally well coached by Mike Malone. Denver Nuggets are no joke, and they got the high altitude in their favor because obviously you got to be in tip-top shape to play up in there. Can't have any debilitating injuries, any breathing issues. No, your lungs can't be compromised and all of this other stuff. That can't happen. Can't happen. And so whether it's the Warriors or the Lakers that's going to end up going against them is going to be real interesting to see, and that's something we'll get into at the end of this weekend. But here's what I want to say about the Phoenix Suns. We got to evaluate what true star power is. 
Kevin Durant is somebody that I religiously stated I believe to be the best in the world when fully healthy. Well, I got to rethink that now. And I have to rethink it not because I'm questioning Kevin Durant's skill because he's still an offensive juggernaut. It was just a bad night. There's no question about that, even though he did not play well as he can throughout this series. He averaged 29 and a half points a game, but he shot 45% from the field, which isn't bad at all, but it's typically below his standards, um, and 22% from three-point range. He's a career 38% shooter from three-point range. 22% from three-point range. That was just bad. Six of 27 for the series from three-point range. Devin Booker was a stud. The light-skinned Mamba, I called them, 30.8 points, 7.8 assists, 4.7 rebounds, 56.9% shooting, 54.8% shooting from three-point range, but he had a horrible game six, only about 12 points. And after all the greatness that you put on display, you lose, and so you're not going to talk to the media. You're going to walk away and not be accountable at all. The one game you stunk up the joint. You better than that book. You better than that. And understand what the problem with that is. You see, we got a whole bunch of these dudes. They want all the shine in the world when they're doing well. And they want to duck for cover the second things go awry. Kevin Durant just got to Phoenix. Why the hell is Kevin Durant up there answering questions to the media post game when he just arrived there a few weeks ago? But Devin Booker, who is the face of the Phoenix Suns franchise, who's somebody that's drafted and raised by them. This is a guy in Devin Booker, the light-skinned Mamba, very Kobe-like as far as I'm concerned in terms of his skill set. But the bottom line is the last two closeout games on the court of the Phoenix Suns they didn't just lose. They got annihilated by 33 in Dallas last year with a score that was much worse by 25 uh, Thursday night against Denver. And oh, by the way, both games last year's game seven of the Western Conference finals this year, game six of the Western Conference semifinals. They were down by 30 at the half of each game on their home turf. So it's no guarantee that Monty Williams is going to keep his job as head coach. It's it damn sure ain't no guarantee that DeAndre Ayton is going to stay because they don't want him because he's not reliable. He can't be trusted because he's in and out all the damn time in terms of his attitude. Chris Paul's got a non-guaranteed contract. Only half the contract is guaranteed, at least through June. What are you going to do? You know they want Kyrie Irving. You know they want Kyrie Irving. I'm telling you that right now. And so if you're Phoenix and all of this other stuff, this is what this is where it gets a bit sad. So many times people say they want to be the stars, but they really don't want it. They want star money. They want star treatment, but they don't want star accountability. And it's moments like this where a LeBron James, a Kobe Bryant, a Michael Jordan, a Julius Dr. J. Irvin back in the day, people like that, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird and others have to be appreciated. This is where reverence and deference gets accorded to them because they don't hide. They stand right up. You play like garbage, they say so. You play well, they say so. You didn't meet expectations, they say so. All of that counts. All of it matters. People say they want it. They want the money, but they don't want the responsibility that comes with it. Talking to the media may not be a big thing to y'all because y'all say, damn the 
media. Hell with the media. Well, wait a minute. We're the fourth estate. We're a conduit to the to the regular public out there. Without us, how would you know what the hell they have to say? And then you also got to take this into account. We're really not talking about us. We're talking about making sure they sit in front of the camera and be accountable when they come up short. They sit in front of the camera and be accountable when the lows arrive, not just when the highs are there. It's called being an adult, being a leader. That's what you have to do. That's not what he did last night in Devin Booker. And that's a problem. And because of what we saw from them, somebody's going to get blamed for the absence of leadership. And guess what? It ain't going to be Kevin Durant because he just got there. Kevin, Devin Booker ain't going nowhere, but you're going to look at him a little bit differently. CP3 is about 38, near 38 years of age. You're going to look at him and his lack of durability, and you're going to say, okay, we need change here. Because once again, he's not available in the postseason. He's perpetually injured when it counts. The one time he wasn't, they went to the finals. We all know how great he is when healthy, but his health is continuously a question mark. If you're the Phoenix Suns, you're the new owner, Ishbia, being advised by Isaiah Thomas, you're not going to sit around and wait for that. You're going to go out there and you're going to get somebody like Kyrie Irving if you can. You're going to try to trade CP3 and, and a DeAndre Ayton. You, know, you never know. Dallas somebody. Remember, DeAndre Ayton signed his offer sheet with Indianapolis, Indiana Pacers. Before Phoenix matched it, he was telling them he didn't want to stay there. These are the kind of things that's happening. And don't get me started with Philadelphia. I voted for Joel Embiid not once, not just this year, but last year. You're the league MVP. And you don't get the ball for the last four minutes of game six in Philadelphia with a berth to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time in your career on the line. You don't get the ball for the last five minutes and we hear about it in a press conference? You should have been ready to punch somebody in the face on your squad to get that damn basketball. Whether it was Maxie or Harden or Tobias Harris or Shake Milton or the Anthony Melton or somebody, you should have put somebody in the headlock and snatched the damn ball if you had to. What the hell are you looking at somebody else for? You the MVP. I didn't get the ball. I mean, they didn't flash four minutes. They didn't get it to me. You didn't get it. Harden should have got it to you, sure. But it's your job to go take it. And if the Philadelphia 76ers, who are O and 4 and on the verge of being 0 and 5 in Eastern Conference semifinal appearances in Joel Embiid's career, don't get to the conference finals. Doc Rivers might get fired. He doesn't deserve it. To me, he's a damn good coach. He's a Hall of Fame coach. I'm not firing Doc Rivers if it were me, but I can't speak for Sixers ownership. They might make a change. For all we know, you know, James Harden's behind the scenes begging Daryl Morey and them to go get uh, Mike D'Antoni back, which I believe would be a huge mistake. You don't know how Doc Rivers is being undermined. The way to seal that deal and to shut off that noise was to go out there and win game six. And advanced to the conference finals. And they didn't do it. And now we're forced to look up the record with Doc Rivers. It's going to be his 16th game seven. He's already lost nine of them. And he's lost a 3-1 lead four times. This is not good. All of these things we're thinking about. Because Joel Embiid didn't take the bull by the horn and capitalize off of Jason Tatum going one for 13 from the field and 0 for 6 from three-point range for the first three quarters. And they didn't capitalize on that. They kept Boston alive, gave them life, even though they came back from a 16-point deficit against Boston to take the lead. 
But ultimately, Jason Tatum got unleashed, and he got it going in the fourth quarter and outscored the entire Sixers team, 16-13, to 13, in the fourth quarter of Game 6. All of that's going to be remembered. This is the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. It's not just about the games. It's about the moments. It's about appreciating the moments and grabbing it for all it's worth because you never know when the next moment is going to arrive and present itself as an opportunity for you. And if you're Joel Embiid, that should have especially been the case. You know why? Because we would have been able to look at you and say, yo, you got to go get it because who knows when you're going to get hurt again. You missed your first two seasons in the league because of injury. And now you got game seven Sunday. Boston versus Philadelphia. I'm picking Boston to win. It's their home turf. And the Sixers beat them in game one, and they beat them in game five. I find it very difficult to believe that the Boston Celtics are going to lose three games on their home court to Philadelphia in a conference semifinal series. I find that hard to believe. I really do. Now, I know some of y'all are waiting for me to talk about the Knicks. been a good season because I don't believe they'll win game six tonight and even if they do win I'm not got questions about them winning the game seven it's been a good season I still say this should have got Donovan Mitchell it would have been better off with him than without him but hey what do I know I'm proud of Jalen Brunson RJ Barrett needs to work on his jump shot score in the fourth quarter not just the first two Grimes and OB top, and I see the development. Manual quickly. I see the development. Appreciate y'all. That damn Julius Randle's another matter. Jekyll and Hyde. On one hand, I appreciate him because he played the first 77 games of the season, didn't miss a game. Missed the last five due to injuries. Doesn't like to miss work. Love him for that. On the other hand, when he ain't making his jump shot, he gets erratic and pouty. Ball doesn't move with the level of fluidity it needs to, and it compromises the offense. And in the last two games, he's hit 57% from the field of his shots, but he's committed 10 turnovers. He tries to do too much. Strong, powerful, and quick, but he out there dribbling the ball between his legs five, six times and shooting jump shots. Ain't going to work. Step back threes. Ain't going to work. Not against this Miami team. Unless something different happens, nothing to expect. You know, before I get on out of here, all predictions could be wrong, you know. None of us are perfect, at least as human beings. But um, I'm hearing something about somebody. I'm hearing something about somebody. All right? His name is Steph Fluffy. What, what, Steph Fluffy? I forgot what it is. Steph Furry. That's his name. Steph Furry. It's a dog. And apparently this dog gets stuff thrown to him. And it's a Lakers basket and it's a Warriors basket. And you throw the ball up of steps to the dog and the dog hits it with his nose and knocks it back down into one of the nets. In game one, he picked the Lakers. In game two, he picked the Warriors. In game three, he picked the Lakers. Game four, he picked the Lakers. Game five, he knocked it into the Warriors basket. He's been perfect. None of us have. And now they're talking about how Steph Furry 
You understand? That this dude, this dog, has picked the Warriors not only for game six, but for game seven. Hmm. Steph Furry. We can go with that. We can go with that. I'm going to follow his lead for now. But remember, I reserve the right to change my mind. Because the list is fluid. It's fluid. Remember I said that. Until next time, everybody. I'll talk to y'all sometime at the end of the weekend after these Game 7s take place. Until then, peace and love. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts.